An alien landscape, the surface of an asteroid, every inch of it covered in flowers. I should say, that is rather impressive, wouldn't you? <laughs> Stephen! Sarah! Are you going to stay in there all day? We were checking the readings. Ah, I see what you mean. But is it safe? Of course it's safe. Ah, taste that air. Ah, Stephen! Coming. Stephen followed his friends out of the TARDIS, his shoes crunching down into flowers that seemed frozen stiff. As he stepped on them, they shattered into dust. It had a sweet perfume. The flowers stretched for miles. Here and there, the flowers formed tall, knotted shapes, twisted, abstract forms. Stephen and his friends walked in a forest of these peculiar structures. The doctor was delighted. Ha! All... Expressions of a simple integer sequence? A garden of pure mathematics? <laughs> but how can there be air on an asteroid? It doesn't have the mass to hold on to an atmosphere. <laughs> oh, my dear boy, it does. So it must do. The flowers must convert starlight into oxygen. Or oh, they grow because there's air which is artificial. Well, it's quite a sight. <laughs> Where are we? How am I meant to know? I've never seen fauna like this before. <laughs> I should make some notes. It's the Sulgrave asteroid belt. Look, behind you. Oh, extraordinary. <laughs> There's nothing like it. An asteroid belt in a figure of eight looped round two vast planets of gas. The pink one is Asteroid, the orange one, Richford. A figure of eight? <laughs> That's impossible. Where the paths cross, the asteroids would collide. You can see the crossing point. One string of asteroids passing high above the other. We should be able to see Augustus, perhaps from the top of the ridge. You're not going to climb all that way. Why not? I could do with stretching my legs. It must be a couple of miles. Oh, let her go, let her go. It really is extraordinary, isn't it? No wonder people come to look. I meant it's extraordinary what's happened to Sarah. You remember how she was when we met? Oh, she was going to shoot us. Well, now look. <laughs> Rushing off to take charge of this alien world. She's free. It's taken a while for her to let herself believe it. <laughs> I think we can be rather pleased with ourselves. <laughs> Doctor. It's not entirely your influence. I claim a portion of credit. Doctor, look. Ah, ah. <laughs> I take it you people aren't here to admire the view. There were seven of them. Human men and women in close-fitting black uniforms. Their leader appraised the doctor and Stephen coolly. Corporal Gage. Ma'am. These two here. Shoot them. Sarah climbed the ridge. 
the air rich with the stink of flowers as she crushed them underfoot. She felt totally exposed. Anyone might see the trail she left behind her. Yet when she looked back, she couldn't see the doctor and Stephen. They were lost amid the tall flower structures. She hoped that would keep them safe. Sarah knew the TARDIS could land anywhere in time. They might have been in the distant past or future, but somehow she could feel it. She knew exactly where they were. So she wasn't surprised as she reached the top of the ridge and looked down the other side. Squat, identical soldiers in their black spacesuits. Their bulky weapons were primed and ready as they marched in the direction of her friends. The soldiers raised their guns at Stephen and the Doctor. Doctor? Their uniforms? Their... Yes, exactly like Sarah's. Your space security service. Kill us and you'll never recover the Terranium Core. Gage, I said shoot them. Ma'am, but what is a Terranium Core? The old man's stalling. Who are they? How did they get here undetected? Gage, you'll consider yourself on a charge. Ellis, shoot them. Ma'am, my pleasure. But the Articles of War. We're civilians. We might be anyone. And they're on a highly secret assignment. You see, Gage, they are enemy agents. How else could they know? By the simplest of deductions based on your own words and behaviour. Hmm? Anyone might do the same. For example, if we were not alone here and our friends were watching you now, they would deduce it too. Hmm? Then your whole mission would be put at risk, wouldn't it? Some people in your position might want to know more about us, who we're here with and what our strengths are. Ah, but, Ellis, you were given an order, so you best continue. As you wish. Nice try, Doctor. Ellis, stand down. Now, madam, perhaps we can clear up this slight misunderstanding. Hmm? Foxton, scan the area. If there's anyone else here, I want them found and shot. Mum, there's no need for that. Ah, then there are more of you. The simplest of deductions. Look, let us go. We won't tell a soul that we saw you. I can't risk it. Millions of lives are at stake. Why? If you told us, we might be able to help. <laughs> and if we can't, then kill us. Doctor! You're right. I've nothing to lose. Our mission is... Mum! Scan shows multiple sources converging on this site. You let them to us. We didn't do anything. Take over. Cordenwald, defensive fire. We can't hold them long, so we'll have to withdraw. Enemy sighted. Return fire. <laughs> Who are they? Who are you fighting? You don't know. Doctor, it's the Sontarans. Stephen had never seen them up close before. No one did and lived. But the footage he'd seen told him all he needed to know. Medic! Foxton's down! He's dead! You're not! On your feet! Sontarans were humanoid, but shorter than most men. Their features hidden by black spacesuits and domed helmets. Their heavy rifles fired thick bursts of energy. The space security agents didn't stand a chance. The doctor tried to get a better view, but Stephen grabbed his sleeve. Keep down! Come with me! 
They stumbled away, dodging explosions, mud raining down on them, flowers turning to dust. The honeyed perfume mixed with the stench of burning and explosive, but a suddenly ravaged landscape at least afforded some cover. Don't let them take the high ground! Shoot the edge of the crater! Shoot the edge of the crater! soldier of you yet, Corporal Gage. I think that did for ten of them. And some of our own. No time to mourn them now. Keep the fire trained on the pass. Hold them, hold them! <laughs> we have to get back to the TARDIS! But Sarah's out there. Those things are between her and us. You've met these Sontorans before. Sontarans. And not personally. They plague the outer worlds, attack in their thousands, destroy every last trace of a colony. The women, the children, oh, the footage I've seen. Yeah, they do seem pugnacious. You know what they say about short men? They're not men. Inside those spacesuits, they're aliens. <laughs> Some aliens can be rather civilized. You have to understand. We'd send a whole space fleet and it wouldn't stand a chance. The more the resistance, the more the Santarans would come. And in the end, we just learnt to run. Hmm. They're conditioned for war. Perhaps they don't feel pain. Papa says good. Look, she's got a unit to concentrate fire on single targets. That's the only way to penetrate their armour. Yeah, but, but it takes time. The Santarans are still advancing. They keep coming. The more you shoot down, the more they come. Uh, if we could get Papa's... And her people up to that ridge. Ah, no. No, that won't work. You want to help her? She was going to shoot us. You'd rather let these people die? And there's her mission. She said millions of lives were at stake. All right. We try to help her, but what can we do? We take them back to the TARDIS. We can't take them away with us. Remember what happened with Natalie Lang. Anyway, Sarah's still out there. We'll have to hope she's making for the TARDIS as well. We can't hide here much longer. You're right. The fighting's getting closer. Fine. Keep down. Follow me. Fall back. Fall back and let them into the low ground. We have to think of the mission. I am. We stand a better chance of taking them there. Captain Peppers, we need to talk. You have to listen to the Doctor. You? This is your fault. How's it our fault? You are not shielded. Our uniforms conceal our heat profiles, so we are not detected on a long-range scan. While well, we've been wandering around broadcasting ourselves. Third from the left. Don't let him through. You can't hold them back, but we can help. We don't need your help. Gage, open your pack. There's only my tent in there, Captain. I know. Find a spot where they can't see you and put it up. You and Ellis hide in there till the enemy's passed. Whatever happens to us, you complete the mission. Ma'am, you're going to draw them away. It's our only chance. But they'll see you. The tents are shielded, and the fabric is morphogenic. Latest lightweight stuff. Get on with it. Ma'am, come on, Gage. But we're leaving the others to die. Fall back. We keep falling back. All right, Doctor. I'm listening. So they fled. 
trusting the doctor to lead them through the ravaged terrain to his ship. Stephen couldn't see the Suntarans through the smoke and mud, but the blazing lines of laser fire shone bright in the darkness. Then, beside Pappas, he lost sight of her. But no, there she was, still on her feet, still calling out orders to what was left of her unit. She was covered in muck and blood, but Stephen couldn't tell if she was wounded. She wouldn't let her soldiers see that she was hurt. They're almost on us, and we're almost there. I wonder what this mission is that's worth all this risk. Perhaps Sarah can tell us. Are these people from her own time, or from before, or after? No idea. Come on. Deep breaths. The, the, the air is thinner now. It must be the destruction of the flowers. Maybe. Oh, oh, you doubt me, do you? This asteroid doesn't have the mass to hold on to an atmosphere. So the flowers would have to pump out oxygen at a phenomenal rate. You think the air's artificial? But then, who built it? Not the Santarans, at least. Why not? They wear spacesuits. They don't need to breathe the outside air. I should say it's a mystery, and it'll bother me until we find out. But there, the TARDIS. And look, we're too late. They watched a team of Santarans lift the TARDIS between them and carried it away. You can't have that! It's mine! Captain, we need that cabinet. Do you now? You don't know why we're here. That box contains highly secret new technology. The Santarans must not have it. Please. Right. We need that blue box. Charge! A unit fought valiantly, charging across the open plain of flowers, dodging laser blasts as best they could. They didn't stand a chance. Pappas was hit. She didn't make a sound as she fell backward into the ground. Her unit carried on. The Sontarans with the TARDIS were already some way off, and now their comrades had surrounded the Doctor, Stephen and the remaining security agents. The Sontarans slowly closed in. We have to surrender. It's our only chance. They don't know the meaning of the word. Then we'll have to teach them. Guns down! All of you! We buy ourselves a little more time. Did you hear me? We surrender! Pappas wasn't dead. The Santarans let her team help her to her feet. Blood seeped from the wounds in her arm and side, but she wouldn't let them tend her. She hobbled over to the doctor. You saved our lives. Well, those of us who made it. Three of us left. Uh, we're not out of this yet, Captain. Look. The Santarans stood shoulder to shoulder, encircling them, guns raised and ready to shoot. But their line was broken to allow another Santaran through into the ring. Starlight glinted on the Santaran's space helmet. He didn't carry a gun. 
The Santaran stopped in front of the doctor and raised its fist. For a moment it looked like it meant to punch the old man, but, as the doctor stood there fearlessly, the Santaran thumped the breastplate of his own spacesuit in some form of salute. I am Commander Stack of Santaran 8th Division. You are the hominid leader? Me? Oh, oh no, no, that honour rests with this young lady. I am Captain Daphne Pappas, Space Security Service. Security? Then you deny you are a military unit? We are charged with defending Earth space and its peoples. But this is not Earth space. You are here without due notice. We were forced down. That capsule you've taken, you can see it's an escape pod. Our ship was destroyed by a freak surge of Donaghy's radiation. Check your sensors. You'll detect it in Quadrant 4. We will also check for traces of wreckage. No ship was picked up by our long-range scans. You must have missed us. Or you arrived here by clandestine means. Admit it. You are spies. We are Space Security Service personnel, charged with defending Earth space and its peoples. You are spies. These hominids are not even in uniform. Uh, Stephen and I are not spies. We're nothing to do with your war. Yet you killed more than 30 of my troops. You fired first. We merely defended ourselves. <sighs> you disappoint me, Captain Pappas. I hoped you would be spies. We get to interrogate spies. And I have a new machine designed for hominids. You clearly have no military value. None at all. Ah, well then, good. If you return our capsule to us, we shall leave you in peace. What? Well, if you've established that we're not spies... Commander Stack said we have no military value. He's not going to interrogate us. But he's not going to let us go. Indeed. You are worthless. I have wasted enough time on you as it is. Now, uh, wait, uh, where are you going? He's leading them away. All of them. Not all of them. I don't understand. Well, it's perfectly self-evident. That group of Santarans is some sort of firing squad. But we're not soldiers. Exactly. We have no value. The irony is that if we'd admitted to being spies, Stack would have let us live. We're better off this way. I've seen reports about their interrogation machines. That's why you lied. Knowing they would shoot us. I don't expect you to thank me. The firing squad lined up in front of them. Remember, your space security. We die well. But this is madness. It's war, my boy. It's war. But what? Ma'am, get down. It's Ellis. Ellis engage. And Sarah. Sarah's with them! Stephen knew Sarah had once been a soldier. The first time he'd met her, she tried to kill him and the doctor. But watching Sarah on the battlefield was like nothing else. Spread out! Widen the gap! That's it! Ellis, on your left! Sarah and Ellis moved quickly, in opposite directions. So when a Centauran twisted round to shoot at Sarah, it exposed the back of its neck to Ellis, and... <laughs> you killed the Centauran! With a single shot! By the time the Centauran commander, Stack, returned with the rest of his squad, the security agents were spread out widely and ready to receive him. The Santarans marched into an ambush, twisting and turning in surprise 
as they found they were surrounded. It was almost comical. Almost. Oh, I don't believe it. We escaped from a Santaran firing squad. From a whole Santaran troop. We haven't gone away yet. <laughs> You've a special gun. Some new technology. No, the slit in the back of their necks. It's called a probic vent. Like punching them in the nose. It is a little unsporting. <sighs> There's something almost noble about a species who must always face their enemy. <laughs> All that matters is the result. They're tough, but we're tougher. We took out a whole unit. This will change everything. There'll be more coming soon. How, how do you know that, Stephen? Because there always are. Then let's get a move on. It's another mile to the shaft. What shaft? Oh, you can trust us now. Sarah saved your lives. The Doctor and Stephen are cleared personnel. Or are you questioning my authority? Of course not, ma'am. The shaft is a volcanic vent leading down to the asteroid's core. It's a way in. The, the volcano is dormant. We'll soon find out. We have to do this. Why? So they can destroy the space cannon on the far side of the asteroid. Millions of lives depend on us. But why? It watches the past. Look up. The gas giants. The asteroid belt. Imagine navigating through that. You dodge the gravitational pull of one of the planets, only to get caught in the other. There's a safe route, a pass, where the gravity cancels out. Stick to the pass at subwarp, and you're fine. Except for the space cannon. It could take out a star fleet. Uh, what? What star fleet? Who, who are you expecting? The colonies on Lambda Aristide. We're shipping everyone out before the Sontarans take the whole system. Millions of people. But VAC ships are slower than light. The Sontarans will catch and destroy them, like they always have before. But everyone has to go at sub-warp through the pass. So the Sontarans can't use light speeds to catch up. Our people have a chance to get away. Or they did. Our hope is that the cannon is here anyway, that they don't expect us. But even then, if we pack ourselves onto VAC ships and line up along the pass... They can pick you off, one by one. Very elegant. So we've got to take out the cannon. A geological survey found little mineral wealth here, but a honeycomb of tunnels. We go down the vent and work our way out to the other side. You come at them from behind. That's how you beat the Santarans. Do not underestimate them. Santarans are not stupid. No, they just have a, a different mindset. To defeat them, you must first understand them. Huh? The plan will work. It has to work. Or there'll be another massacre. Look at what they did here. The flowers? The nil. The indigenous people who lived here, all wiped out. Come on. Still a long way to go. They came to a wide round pit in the ground, billowing acrid steam. Stephen's eyes welled up. He felt sick. It appears to be non-toxic. Climbing gear. 
Her unit took the packs from their backs and began rummaging for ropes and equipment. Strange, shimmering packages vanished in their hands. Gage saw Stephen and the doctor staring. Light-resistant fabric. It means our tents are almost invisible. Gage, we don't have time to chat. Yeah, Stephen, uh, Sarah, we should let them get on. Now, um, what do you make of all this? Eh? Light-resistant material? It's almost prehistoric, Doctor. They don't stand a chance. But you said they succeed. You know from your own time. You said yourself they're going to break into a Santaran base. How can they possibly do that? Unless you help them. <laughs> me? <laughs> Why me? Who else could get them inside? This main base must be where the Santarans have taken the TARDIS, so it's our only chance of getting it back. Yeah, we don't know anything of the sort, and we can't involve ourselves in someone else's war. Hmm? Millions of lives are at stake. I know, my boy, I know. And all of future history. If we don't help them, they fail, and everything changes. Everything I've ever known. Uh, no, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But you're going to help. Oh, what choice do we have? Oh, oh dear. Oh, dear. It's a long time since uh, I fought in a war. Breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. Try not to be sick. Especially if you're above anyone else. They were in two teams. Stephen was teamed with the Doctor, Gage and Pappas tied together in a line, three metres of rope between each of them. Stephen was to go first. Ellis was first in the other team and did not seem any more keen. Do I have to push you? Get going! They shuffled down the shallow slope towards the wide, dark opening. Vile, acrid smoke threatened to engulf them. <laughs> Careful! Ellis had nearly gone over. The ground was dry and cracked round the rim of the vent, like gravel. It gave no purchase. Stephen dared to look down into the darkness beyond. There was only black, for who knew how far down. Okay. Going over! There was no dignified way to do it. He lay on the edge of the hot, dry rock, then shifted his legs round, feeling with his feet for any kind of hold. The sides of the vent were dry and smooth. Then he found a slight bump, less than the width of his foot. He took a chance and placed more weight on it. The bump didn't collapse. So, hands clutching the hot rock surface, he started his descent. It was slow going. Stephen couldn't climb too far at once anyway because of the line holding him to the doctor and the others. The doctor was surprisingly nimble as he made his way down the rock. Gage, take a reading. Still not toxic, it says. They kept on. Stephen tried not to think how far the fall might be. Yeah, you know, I, I rather enjoy some uh, light exercise. <laughs> Above, smoke billowed through the grey circle of sky. It wasn't a perfect circle. There were regular bumps as domed helmets looked down on them. Climb! It will do no good, human. We have simply to pick you off. He's lying. 
Or he'd have done it anyway. Keep climbing. I merely wish to observe your skills in orienteering. They are not up to some talent standards, of course. Maybe you'd give us some tips? I might have been minded to indulge in such pleasantries had you not wiped out a Santaran unit with the most underhanded tactics. Commander Stack and his brood unit will be avenged. He, he, he's not Commander Stack. He sounds just like him. We have to fight back. If I can get my gun... You need both hands for climbing. Get a move on. But we're sitting targets. Observe the animal panic of these simple creatures. Above... The Santarans craned forward for a better look. Hey, it doesn't seem very sporting, Commander. I thought you liked a fair fight. We don't even know your name. Hmm? The Santaran considered for a moment, then instructed its troops. Remove your helmets. Stephen had never seen what lurked inside before, nor had Sarah, judging by her gasp. Ah! They're identical. They were. Domed heads, the same shape as their helmets. Their angry faces, their stark quizzical eyes, they weren't just similar. Every one of the Santarans looked exactly the same. My name is Field Commander Slight. You question my honor? Well then, humans, you may take the first shot. No, 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 wait, no, don't! Ellis! My pleasure. The bolt of energy soared up towards the Santarans and missed them. Slight leered down gleefully. Unfortunate. Now it is our turn. And he shot the doctor. The bolt of energy soared up towards the Santarans and missed them. Slight leered down gleefully. Unfortunate. Now it is our turn. And he shot the Doctor. The Doctor fell away from the side of the rock into space. Stephen felt the lurch of the rope around his waist. Above the Doctor, Gage clung to the rock face, the Doctor hanging from him. Stephen started to climb up towards them. 
Ellis, hold your fire. But they shot the old man. And they won't shoot again until you do. That wouldn't be fair. Isn't that right, Field Commander? The old man is dead. Why do you not cut him loose? I cannot hold on. Stephen moved as fast as he could, hanging from the rock and reaching an arm out to the motionless doctor. He missed. But the doctor caught his arm. His grip was firm, his bony fingers strong, yet he still hung from his rope as if dead. Stephen saw the hint of a smile on his face. Is he all right? Stephen! Stephen didn't answer. He was all too aware of the Santarans watching, their guns trained, ready to shoot. With effort, he manoeuvred the doctor back to a jutting part of the rock. The old man made only the slightest movement as his body bumped against the rock face. It might just have been the impact, except he didn't rebound off again. He stuck there, fast, like the most expert climber. Stephen wasn't as skillful. Okay, okay, we're secure. An interesting claim given your predicament. I must report this to command. Santaran High Command seems to have gravely overestimated your intelligence. Climb up so your body obscures their view of me. What are you planning? Try to make it so they can't see me. Then ask for the packs that Pappas and the others are carrying. You can't be planning to fight. Just do as I tell you, and quickly. Fine, fine. Uh, Captain, can you throw me down your pack, you and everyone else? Dorsey says, what for? Medical supplies. Observe. They are so keen to save one of their number that they endanger the lives of the whole unit. Why do you need all our packs? It's too late for the old tuffer. Let him drop. No! At last, a glimmer of rational thought. But Papa stared down at Stephen, and he held her gaze. Packs off. Pass them down to Stephen. But you're not here as a consultant, Gage. Do it. It wasn't easy passing the packs down, and each one was heavy enough on its own. But Stephen looped them over his free arm, taking the weight as best he could. He needed one hand to hold onto the rock, but he could use the other to open the top of the first pack and rummage inside. Is he going to be all right, Stephen? Try to look as if you're treating me, and try to keep me obscured. Pass the packs back up. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, and quick, we don't have very long. Well, an interesting diversion. But our contest must continue. Captain, it is your turn. You want us to shoot at you? I am trying to be fair. Fair would be you down here on the rock face with us. You chose to hide in this hole. Now, take your shot, or I will run out of patience and shoot you all anyway. Ellis. My pleasure. Good shot. I was aiming for you. Now it is my turn. The tactical thing would be to shoot your best shot. Get on with it then. But you are sentimental creatures. I wonder how the death of your captain would affect your aim. I'm not afraid to die. Uh, Captain Pappas. Doctor. If I might make a suggestion. Everybody jump! 
Ellis tried to hold onto the rock, so did Gage, but the others sprang away into space and fell into the darkness. Everyone was still roped together, so Ellis and Gage were dragged down after the rest. Stop them! Stop them! Shoot! I do not understand! The Doctor had taken the tents in Pappas and her unit's packs, lashing them together to make a great canopy of fabric. A parachute! Whatever the fabric was made of, it protected them from the Centauran blasts. They drifted down, hanging from one another by the ropes, staring up in wonder at the grinning Doctor, wearing all the packs at once. <laughs> hey, hey, you should see! That's rather satisfactory, don't you think? Hmm? It's brilliant! I couldn't think how to escape because we're all tied together. You can't have known it would work. Oh, the physics is simple enough, and the heat from the volcano creates a strong updraft. There was barely calculation at all. They continued to fall into the darkness. The walls of the vent raced up too fast to spot any detail. Grey, fetid smoke threatened to choke them. Otherwise, there was darkness. The soldiers switched on torches built into their uniforms, cutting bright lines through the dark. The lines swept around, exploring the vent as they fell. Stephen tried to keep his eyes on the dizzying speed of the rock. How far have we fallen? It's difficult to say. I think about a kilometre. That's only a guess. We can trust Stephen's instinct. He's not often wrong. Oh, my ears. Yawn. That'll help. I don't think I can. Then watch me. <sighs> See? Oh, you're right. I can't help it. Uh, no me. Well, yawning must be contagious. Yes, it's emotional contagion. A form of social bonding. Most humans learn it about the age of four. You didn't yawn. Well, not everybody does. <laughs> it's interesting. Yes, it's interesting. I think the smoke is getting thicker. It will do. The further we descend... Gage, run a scan. Is it dangerous? It is not doing us any good, but we should be all right. You give me such confidence. Two kilometers, I think. And look, the side of the vent. Widening out? That's a problem. They're what I'm using to judge how far we've fallen. Does it matter? Well, I'd like to know we're not accelerating. That would be bad. We should try to keep our bearings if we can. Train a torch on the wall. Does that help? Uh, a bit, yeah. Thank you. I think that's three kilometres. The torch pointing down. Wait, there's... What in heaven is that? Light. It's directing light back up towards us. It must be something reflective. Metal or glass. Doctor, what do you make of it? Eh. It's not metal or glass. Look how it moves. It seems oddly familiar. Organic, um... Oh, Stephen! We have to stop falling! We're over a sea of lava! Then they could see for themselves. The ambient glow became a definite shape of light. A perfect circle of amber. It shone with such brilliance they couldn't gaze down at it for long, though it was still some way far below. Stephen looked away to clear his senses and saw where they'd arrived. After the darkness of the vent, the light from the lava didn't seem quite real, nor the sight it illuminated. 
They'd fallen into a vast cavern, the shape of a slightly squashed sphere, hewn from the rock by the volcano dormant beneath. They were perhaps still a kilometre from the surface of the lava. We'll be boiled alive! No, we won't. The doctor will think of something. Oh, uh, will I indeed, young lady? You always know what to do. Yeah, we were in something of a hurry to get away. I, I didn't build the parachute with steering. Then we'll have to adapt them. If the doctor let go of one of the tents... Uh, we'd only fall more quickly, Captain. What do you think of the ground there, at uh, uh, four o'clock? Where? Uh, it's difficult to tell. Because it's dark, which might mean it's solid ground. Or just slightly less hot rock. If you have a useful contribution, I'll hear it. No, ma'am. It's worth a try. We just have to get ourselves over there. D Doctor, how much can you separate the chutes? If there was a gap, two groupings of them. Ooh, I, 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 I'm sorry, Stephen. They're, they're lashed together quite tightly. Try to untie them. We don't have time. Captain, how good's your shooting? You want me to spare everyone being roasted alive? Nah, I want three holes in the last parachute on the right. Ellis. My pleasure. We're turning. But we're turning the wrong way. It's going to work. It's got to work. If I can untangle the ropes just a bit. Uh, the chute. The chute is tearing. Everyone all right? Stephen? You're awake. Yeah, I think so. Head's a bit clouded. It's the heat. You don't get used to it, but after a while you just sort of accept that it's there. We're all feeling it. How long was I out? Oh, about an hour. Come and join the others. Just accept you made a mistake. But that's the point. I didn't. Oh dear. Ellis had the only map of the tunnel system, but he seems to have lost it. Ah. It was secured in my pack, and now it's not there. Then it wasn't secured very well. It must have fallen out when you pulled out your tent. Well, I didn't see anything fall. We could search the packs again. Do it. But Ellis, if you haven't killed us, you'll be on a charge. Yes, ma'am. Ah! Stephen! Ah, welcome to Tartarus! Where? The gateway to the underworld. With night poured round it in three rows as a collar clasps a throat. <laughs> Have you read any of your own people's books? That one passed me by. So, we've no idea where we go next. If there is anywhere to go. There must be something. Your map said to come down the vent. But we shouldn't have come down this far. Well, I don't think we'll be able to climb back up. Can't see the vent we came down anyway. Over there. Oh, we could see it before because of the laser blast. Well, the Sontarans are still shooting at us from the surface. Yes, uh, they're really quite persistent. Th then why did they stop? Well, they must have concluded we're dead or out of range. Doctor, you don't know the Sontarans. Well, what can they do? It's not like they'd... Uh... But he stopped mid-sentence, a curious look in his eyes. He turned away to look again at the dimly lit rock ceiling kilometres above them, the smooth surface lit by the glow of the lava. Did you hear something? Captain Pappas, uh, 
We need to be moving. What is it? What did you... What is that? We've no time to go up. Let's get moving. They ran, but Stephen couldn't help turning back, looking up all that way to the one dark spot in the rock ceiling, the vent from which they'd fallen, where he saw an object moving at enormous speed, a high-density object in freefall, all the way from the surface. Acceleration due to gravity of something like 10 meters per second squared, increasing speed all those kilometers down, coming down the vent like a bullet. A Sontaran in armor, who had jumped down the hole and hit the sea of lava and was gone. Stephen! Stephen! They ran, scrambling over the hot, slick rocks around the molten sea. Ellis missed his footing and almost fell, but Sarah caught his arm. She glanced at Stephen, a cool smile on her face, pride in what she'd done. And then her look hardened as she saw more Santarans. A whole platoon dropping out of the sky at great speed and plunging down into the lava. Almost feel sorry for them. You think lava will finish them off? <laughs> of course. Those suits they wear are built to withstand the heat of the radiation of space. Uh, incredible! You surely don't mean... Uh... I mean you don't want to find out. Come on. But Stephen couldn't help glancing back. The sea of lava glowed with terrible heat, viscous ripples on its surface, the occasional slow burst of a bubble. No different from before. And then, ripples near the rocky shore. Dark shapes in the amber. And then they broke the surface. I don't believe it! The ultimate warriors... Come on! Why don't you run? They ran, but Stephen couldn't help it and glanced back again as the Santarans emerged, lava dripping from their armor and guns. Open fire! Concentrate fire! Ellis, left flank! Gage! On it! But if the suits can withstand such high temperatures... Our guns fire concentrated beams. It's the high flux that counts. Sarah and Ellis both aimed at the same Santaran, stood up to its waist in hot lava. Their shots must have worn a hole in its armour. The Santaran staggered back a small step, and the hole dipped under the surface. <laughs> was a ghastly way to die. The other Santarans didn't pause to help their comrades. They kept coming on, step by step, out of the lava onto the solid rock. Pappas and her unit could pick them off one at a time, but there were too many to hold back the tide. Go for their knees. If they stumble and turn... We'll get sight of the holes in the backs of their necks. Good! We have to spread out. If we spread out... They can't hide their probic vents from us all. I'll take the left. Get going. Stephen saw Ellis grin at her, and her grin back. A bond between two soldiers. In the midst of a battle, he felt sudden burning envy. Perhaps that's why he followed after Ellis as the agents scattered left and right. Ellis hurried up the shallow slope of rock, and Stephen did his best to keep up. Shards of rock battered into them, but they kept going, running bent over to present less of a target. 
Then Ellis scrambled over a low wall of rock. Come on, this'll give us a bit of cover. Have we come far enough? Dunno. And some of them are following us. We're not gonna last very long. You didn't have to come with me. Well look, your girl's got a good position up the other side. She's not my girl. Good. Some of them are going after her. I can see the backs of them. Gotcha. Something satisfying about shooting Sontarans. Even in the back. Watch out! We, we need to help Stephen and Ellis. They're under heavy fire. I'm doing my best. There's too many of them. Keep moving. The more we spread out... We can't keep them back long enough. We have to withdraw. To where? Doctor, there isn't any way out. But look at the shape of the chamber. The scarring in the rock. I'm a little busy with other things. This is just as important. The lines of scarring don't reach to the top of the chamber, so the last eruption didn't reach that high. Which means the lava must have drained off somewhere else. We can follow the lines in the rock, the flow lines. If there's a way out, if, the lines will lead us to it. Doctor. We can't leave Stephen. He'll have to make his way right round the chamber. He won't stand a chance. Mm. Uh, or we find a way out of here and let the Sontarans see it. <laughs> They'll focus their attack on us. Maybe. All right. Let's get moving. Sarah, look! Gate! He saved our lives. Keep going. But Gate... He's still alive. I'm not going to leave him. Stephen peered over the low wall of rock and was almost blasted back. The Sontarans continued up the slope towards him and Ellis, no more than 20 metres away. Stephen couldn't see Sarah or the others and couldn't tell how they were faring. We'll have to withdraw. You best be on your way. You're wounded. Just a scratch. I can still... <coughs> Take the ground from under them, and they fall back into the line. There. Oh. Tell me what I can do. Get out of here. Take the gun. But that's leaving you to die. Dead anyway. And I've got a plan. I take it that's a grenade. You don't want to get anywhere near. Stephen, go while you can! He flipped open the cap on the grenade and put his thumb over the button. The moment he released it, the thing would detonate. A dead man's switch. It would still explode even if they killed him. Even if Stephen stayed and tried to help. So Stephen grabbed the gun and scrambled away across the rock. It was slick and slippery and he stumbled more than once. Almost lost the gun. Behind him, he could hear the Santarans getting ever nearer to Ellis. How far away did Stephen need to get before... He tumbled down the face of the rock, grappling to find any purchase to stop his fall. At the foot of the slope, the sea of lava waited patiently. The gun he dropped was ahead of him down the slope. It slipped into the hot, viscous amber and caught fire. Panicking, Stephen tried to press himself into the rock, but he couldn't stop his fall. His fingers tore on the hard, hot stone. He slowed, but was still falling. The sea of lava bubbled languidly, ready to embrace him. 
Then something grabbed him by the throat. A hard, armored claw, the grip tight enough to choke him. He was dragged, kicking, spots before his eyes back up the rocky slope. Then he was on his back, on a level part of rock, staring up at his own astonished face, reflected in the Sontaran's domed helmet. Leave me! You have to leave me! No one's left behind. I can't see what's happened to Stephen. There was an explosion. Uh, uh, we can't help him now. I'm sorry. No! Doctor, how much further? Well, look at how, how the lines seem to converge. Like the rock has been stretched, draining away. Uh, yes, yes, there! A tunnel? What if it does not lead anywhere? We'll be sitting ducks. We already are. Into the tunnel. No arguments. Doctor, you next. See what you can do to help Gage. Is there a medical kit? Back there with our packs. Don't think there's much chance I can fetch it. Do whatever you can. Oh, oh dear. Oh, dear. Sarah, you next. I'll give you covering fire. Stephen would want you to get away. And there's the mission. You want to avenge him? Then yes, that's the way. The tunnel was dark, but a bright grey light flickered somewhere ahead of Sarah, beyond a turn in the passage. Gage must have put on his torch. It was a narrow space, just more than the width of a person, sometimes not by much. They followed its winding course. The walls of the tunnel were smooth where molten lava had formed them. It felt odd, as Sarah pushed her way through the looming rock, that it didn't yield. It looked soft, as if moulded from that stuff she'd tried in London in the 1950s. Ice cream. Eating it with Stephen. A lifetime ago, when they'd met Michael and Audrey. She found herself smiling at the memory, and tears in her eyes. She would grieve for Stephen later. They're not following. I don't think they fit. And they can't shoot round the corners. Keep going. They hurried on. The doctor and Gage were a short way up ahead. The doctor in shirt sleeves had torn his fine waistcoat into strips and was using them to bind up Gage's wounds. His left side was horribly pockmarked. How is he? He is all right, ma'am. Fighting fit. Good. Long way to go yet. But Sarah saw her glance at the doctor looking for his verdict. The doctor gently shook his head. There's no other way but forward. So we go on as far as it goes. What was that? I expect the Sontarans are trying to follow us. Stephen was taken back to the surface of the asteroid. We had anti-grav lines like this on Neptune, used in a ski lift. He had hoped to provoke a response, but the Sontarans ignored him. A squat, heavy land vehicle waited by the mouth of the vent. It's not that I'm ungrateful, but why didn't you just kill me? 
You are a prisoner of war, and must be accorded respect until your worth has been evaluated. Oh, thank you. Then you will be shot. They travelled for some hours. The Centauran command base was a single low dome, completely out of place in a meadow of delicate flowers. Stephen was led inside. Three Centaurans stood round an operations table, showing a map of the figure of eight asteroid belt. They turned to regard Stephen, and though they all looked similar, he recognised Field Commander Slight. His armour was still splattered with the blood where he'd saved Stephen from the lava. Ah, the human. Good. They are tall and grotesquely ugly. Well, human, nothing to say? Not to you. You see? Spirit, fighting to the last. Like your comrade with the grenade. What was his name? Ellis. He shall be mentioned in dispatches. You think it odd that we would honour an enemy combatant? Does it matter what I think? We value your considered feedback. <laughs> you brought me here to fill out a survey. Ha 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 ha. You make a joke. We have been studying humour. It can increase human efficiency in times of stress by 84%. I have made a recommendation. You think we can help you be better soldiers? All species strive for advantage. It is the only way to survive. Oh, there are other ways. Treaties. Agreements. Trust. <laughs> <laughs> Another joke. You will be very useful to our program. I said not everything was lost. I don't understand. Why would you? You see? The human never suspected. Gage passed unseen among them. Gage? He's working for you? He is one of us. Morphological technology, stolen from the Rutans. But to pass as a human, one must think as a human. Imagine, a Santaran officer degrading himself to such an extent. There was never a more loyal Santaran than Gage. He will be missed. Then he's dead. They all are. The humans. No! Worse. When they died, they were running away. They're really dead. We lost our link to Gage. That means he must have been crushed in the rockfall. The other humans were with him. We detect no life signs. The soldiers' uniforms hide their heat signatures. You and the old one don't wear those uniforms. Besides, we can compensate for the effect and we detect no life signs. You killed them. You are the last remaining human, and we have much still to learn about your species. Your weaknesses. Your limits. Your structure. So we will begin the study now. Scream when this starts to hurt.
You are the last remaining human, and we have much still to learn about your species. Your weaknesses. Your limits. Your structure. So we will begin the study now. Scream when this starts to hurt. In the darkness of the collapsed tunnel. <laughs> we, we all seem to be in one piece. A few nasty bruises, that's all. The Suntarans won't get through to us now. The way back is completely blocked. We should get moving. Um, Mr. Gage, are you able to walk? Uh, I have to be. Well, come on then. Oh, oh dear. Your uniform has torn. You've lost your rank insignia. How can that have happened, Doctor? I'm sure I've no idea. Does it matter? If we get through this gauge, you'll be up for promotion. And if we don't, well, who cares? That's it, ma'am. Keep up our morale. Oh, look. I can't see anything but the dust. Exactly. Look at the dust. There's a slight breeze blowing towards us. Then the tunnel doesn't end. We must carry on. I don't believe it. A, a city. part of a military expedition to sabotage our space cannon. I'm a pilot! A civilian! Then why are you here on this asteroid? We came here by mistake! The analysis shows that you are telling the truth. But we must allow a margin of error when dealing with inferior species. <coughs> we will raise the setting. Sarah and Pappas joined the Doctor and Gage on a wide step of rock looking out over a great drop into darkness. On the far distant side, the cliff face had been carved and crafted. Small houses, the rock roofs cut to look as if they'd been tiled. A latticework of streets and steps running between them. Railings and trees all carved from pale stone. The engraving of a city, deep, deep underground. There were lights, lanterns hanging from wires above the narrow streets, warm glows behind curtains in the windows of the houses. There were people, too. Small, slender, grey people going about their lives. There was something childlike about them, the way they scampered up the steps, their wide, innocent smiles. What are they? I should say... They're the indigenous population, huh? hidden down here, out of sight of the Santarans. You assume the Santarans do not know they are here? They're still alive, aren't they? Uh, Mr. Gage is right. They might be prisoners here, 
or working with the Santarans. We must tread carefully. They do not look dangerous. Appearances can be deceptive. And we don't want them to report that they've seen us. Mr. Gage, you might want to uh, step back from open view. <laughs> Sorry. There are stairs leading down. Then we should follow them. We can't stay here forever. The aliens must have carved them. We're the aliens if this is their home. But yes, uh, I suspect they did. But they look so primitive. I said appearances can be deceptive. We don't know anything about them or what they're capable of. So we must be careful. But we have no choice. We must press on. So come along. Enough dawdling. We already know your name. What are your rank and number? Pilot. Flight Red 50. And that is a military rank? Answer! Yes! I was in the space fleet, a helmsman on a battleship, and then a solo pilot. You changed positions? Because you were in retreat? What? No. No, I, I was promoted. A solo pilot? is of more esteem than a helmsman. Yes. But both are in the service of the war. The Santaran army makes no such distinctions. We do things differently. And with less efficiency. This is a major weakness. Good. You're wrong. We reward merit. We're not all the same like you. So we have different strengths. Your skills are deployed by merest chance. And your commanders must locate them in your troops. I suppose. It works. Then you are a skilled pilot. That skill was recognized. I suppose so. So you did not come here by accident. You were under orders. No, I'm a civilian. I left the war a long time ago. I do not understand. Left the war? It wasn't this war. Oh, it was a long time ago. We were battling a race called the Crate. Then I was captured by machines called mechanoids, held prisoner by them for years. There must be a translation error. You said they held you for years. Yes. Look, I couldn't escape. There was no way off that world. You could have fought these mechanoids. Oh, I wouldn't have stood a chance. They'd have killed me. A glorious death. Instead, you expect me to believe that you let them lock you away without protest, and for years. It's true. It is inconceivable nonsense. So we will continue. Oh. Ah! All right! All right! I'll tell you! Oh. Okay, rest here. That was, what, a bit over two hours? Look, more steps. Leading to the city. We don't have any choice. How's Gage? Uh, Mr. Gage, can you look at me? Uh, yes. What? You're uh, feeling all right? Just a bit tired. The light does not help. I should have brought batteries for the torches. There's nothing wrong with the torches. 
You're seeing spots before your eyes. I'm fine. He's lost a lot of blood. He needs a proper doctor. And quickly. We should get on. If you think you can. <laughs> Whatever you say, ma'am. Oh. Sorry, I might need a minute longer. We'll carry you between us. Not all the way up there. You'll have to leave me. Not a chance of that. I will slow you up. Hinder the mission. We can't complete the mission without you, can we? Why not? He's an expert in explosives. Unless you or the Doctor can guarantee you know how to blow up the space cannon. Doctor? Uh, it's hardly my area. Besides, Mr. Gage just needs medical attention. I'm sure we'll find something like that in the city. Then we go through it. We involve the creatures. I know, sir, I know. But we don't have any choice. They climbed. The steps were high and narrow, so the climb was perilous. Pappas and Sarah soon learned that they couldn't both help Gage, not at the same time, so they took it in turns. Sarah went first, his arm draped around her shoulder. Gage was a little unsteady, but he could still climb. Sarah just had to make sure he didn't fall. Somewhere after the 200th step, Sarah lost count of how far they'd come. Pappas took over from her with Gage. Only then did Sarah realise how hard the going had been. Behind her, the doctor struggled to keep up. She held back, oh. waiting for him. Oh. oh, catching your breath, you young people. No stamina. What is it? The creatures. I never heard of there being creatures here. It's not in the history, I know. Ah, then perhaps they're not part of the story. We destroy the space cannon without them being involved. What should we do? Stop? Go back? I don't know. Foreknowledge isn't always a help, is it? Come on. We need to catch up with the others. Doctor. What if we don't succeed? We have to. So many lives depend on us. They climbed. Sarah took over with Gage again, and it was much more difficult. She almost had to drag him up the steps. It was slow going, and more than once they slipped and might have fallen to their deaths. They struggled ever on. <sighs> And then, they were in the city. There was no warning. They followed a cleft in the rock, and then, there they were, right in the midst of a street. The lanterns glowing warmly, the homes carved from the rock face all so homely and cosy. Sarah couldn't help herself. She was grinning. It felt safe and good. But they weren't alone. There were creatures in the street. Emaciated, grey people in smocks and cut-off dungarees, like gawky children going about their lives. Sarah and the others stood right amidst them, in their way. They towered over the creatures. But the creatures never spared them the slightest glance. Sarah and the others were invisible.
So, what have we learned? You are here on a secret mission to undermine Sontaran authority in this sector. It is a flagrant act of war by the human species. You are escalating the conflict. Rather than our fighting individual human territories, a star system at a time, now all of humanity seeks to wage war against us. Yes? Yes. We welcome the challenge. We are only surprised it took you so long. Stephen Taylor? Answer! What is wrong with him? Reading suggests he is in some kind of defensive mode, with reduced sensory activity. Let me see. Interesting. Analogous to low levels of energy. Perhaps he needs to eat. I will attach a power cable. There is no probic vent. You have not read the reports. Humans feed by digesting mineral elements through a muscular process. It is quite disgusting. What should we do? Turn off the machine. We must not damage the specimen. We still have much to learn. Are you functional, Stephen Taylor? Good. So we can continue. Now, you mentioned mechanoids. We have cross-referenced that name, and it reveals something of interest. Have you encountered Daleks? If necessary, I can turn the machine back on. I've met the Daleks. And you have survived. Human, now you have me intrigued. The apothecary was another grey, childlike figure with a long, neatly kept beard. He looked up from the counter as Sarah and the others came into his shop. But again, he looked right through them. He came round to examine the door, as if it had opened by itself. Sarah had to step out of his way, or he would have walked right into her. For a while, he moved the door back and forth, listening to the squeak of its hinges. Then, with a sigh... He put on his coat and headed out into the street. Now, we don't have long. He'll be back with a locksmith. Where do you want Gage? Um, uh, on the counter. Hmm. Uh, I just need to rest. A little rest. But no one can see us. Why not? They're in some kind of fugue state. Hypnotic trance. Or, it's something else. Some of them seemed to know we were there. They moved out of our way. But they couldn't see or hear us, as if we're ghosts. Ah, well, perhaps it's psychology. We don't fit the world as they know it, so their minds block us out. Hmm. Is that even possible? Well, we often ignore what's right under our noses. <laughs> now, Mr. Gage... Let's see where you're wounded. He used the knife to cut open Gage's uniform and expose the bloody flesh. The Sontaran energy weapon had done something awful to the skin, making it hard and shiny like plastic. 
The doctor prodded carefully round the wound. What can we do to help? You can keep out of the light, and I'll need some things. Uh, tweezers, pure alcohol solution, cotton pads and bandages, or, or whatever you can find along those lines. Bandages and pads. I think this is some kind of first aid kit. These are more tongs than tweezers. Ah, it'll have to do. Look, there's a room back there. It might have alcohol solution. Right. There's lots and lots of boxes. We'll go through them. Right. Nothing. Nothing. I think the doctor just wanted to keep us out of his way. Can he save Gage? If anyone can, he will. He's not your commanding officer. He doesn't really give orders, but I'd follow them if he did. You're some new part of the service, your uniform. I'm sorry, I, I can't say. Oh, of course. But you know more about what's happening. The chance we have against the Sontarans. Your mission will be successful. It has to be. Because you've seen the future. I'm sorry. I heard you on the steps. I wouldn't have believed it, but the doctor was right. Sometimes we blind ourselves to the thing right in front of us. I can't tell you anything about what's to come. You'd put too much at risk. But if you're from the future, we get through this. Humanity isn't wiped out. There's still hope. Hmm. There's always hope. Not for the rest of my unit. It's wrong to survive when all those in my command are dead. I failed. They died for a cause that's worth dying for. I've seen the future they made. Then there's peace. A real lasting peace for a time then more battles to be fought then it's hopeless even if we succeed in our mission what difference does it make i don't know what to say there are no miracles no sarah captain peppers you'd better come in here well thank you for trying all the same what <laughs> We'll have to dispose of him somehow. <laughs> Mr. Gage isn't dead. <laughs> He's just catching up on his sleep. You saved him. But there wasn't any hope. Of course I saved him. I'm the doctor. And if I say so myself, quite a good one. <sighs> the force field held... Just long enough so I wasn't killed, we managed to escape. So the Daleks think themselves victorious, for the moment. It won't take them long to find out they've been tricked. I imagine they will be furious. Even so, your actions were not in the noblest traditions of war. A feint is one thing, but this level of duplicity, it is not conquest with honour. We weren't aiming at conquest just to stop their aggressive war. I do not understand the use of that adjective. War is, by its nature, aggressive. The machine says you are not lying or withholding information, but aspects of your testimony are opaque. 
It's a different morality. A cultural divide. Again. Words without fixed meanings. I shall report what you said to command, and they can advise. Slight seemed amused by the challenge of unpicking the meaning of Stephen's words. Stephen smiled along but felt anything but pleasure. He played a dangerous game in not telling the whole story. Whatever his machine said, Stephen had omitted details. He didn't mention the Turanium core. He couldn't let the Sontarans even conceive of a weapon like the Time Destructor. And they hadn't noticed, or they would have fried his brain. Stephen didn't expect to escape, not this time. He didn't expect to live. But for the first time since he'd been captured, he dared to hope that he might fight these creatures. Sir, report from patrol. Let me see. Stephen Taylor, it appears your friends are alive. What? It is merely an initial report, but we shall investigate. And they will not escape death a second time. Really, I am fine. You shouldn't be moving about. You need to heal. There is no time. Oh, he, he's right. The shopkeeper could be back at any moment. Or he'll have reported us to the Santarans. But Gage can hardly walk. I will manage. He'll slow us down. He'll jeopardize the mission. What are you proposing? He could stay here. He could hide. If he told me what he planned to do with the explosives, I, I should be able to do it. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, you are not leaving me behind. They're right. Taking you with us would jeopardize our chances. And it is important we succeed, isn't it, Mr. Gage? I just... I did not want to be part of the mission. But now it's being taken from me, I realize its importance. Its importance to me. I'm sorry, Gage. We'll come back for you when we can. At least... At least let me come with you to the edge of the city. You want to see us off? I cannot hide in the city. If I am found or reported... Uh, the people living here don't seem to see us. But if the Sontarans find me, they might punish the city anyway. All right. He will still slow us down, even for that distance. Hmm? I know. And it's risky. But it's the right thing to do. They crept through the city. Once the doctor missed his footing. Some of the grey people looked around and for a moment Sarah thought one looked directly at her. But no, the man's wide staring eyes were fixed on the space just behind her. Then he turned and went on his way, sparing the sound no more thought. It was intensely eerie picking their way up the steps through the city, utterly ignored. It's like they're out of phase with us. Doctor, do you know what it is? <laughs> I have an inkling, but we don't have time to stop. Uh, let me help you. I can do it myself. At last, the street curved round the last of the stone-cut houses. The path narrowed as it tunnelled into the rock. <sighs> Oh, I, I'm not as young as I was. That's no excuse. Why are we stopping? Look. Someone stood just inside the tunnel, 
A small, scrawny figure in cut-off dungarees. An alien. Teenage girl. Please, into the tunnel! They shouldn't see me with you! She can see us. Of course she can see us. All her people can. Now come on, so the others don't see us talking to her. But I don't understand. It was a deception. Exactly. They know there'll be reprisals if they help us or resist the occupation. But they don't want to stop us in our efforts to rid them of the Santarans. So what can they do, hmm? They look the other way as we pass through. But not you, eh, girl? I want to help you. But you're just a child. You should run off home. Doctor, we could use a guide. Ah, you can't put her at risk. We already did by coming through the town. She could be useful. But a child? Doctor, she knows what she's doing. Don't you? They kill us anyway, sometimes for no reason, sometimes just for fun. They killed my mother because she tried to protect us. And you want a chance to avenge her. What's your name, girl? Tinder. Tinder of the Nil. Tinder, we need to find the tunnel that leads to the Sontaran's main base. Do you know where that is? I can show you the secret path, one they never use. Uh, show us where it starts, then you don't have to come with us. You deny her the chance to do right by her mother. You're using her. And she's using us. I want to come with you. I'm not afraid to die. Doctor, we can't stop her coming with us. No, but I don't like it at all. They trudged into the pressing darkness. The unyielding rock closed around them. The air was stifling. Or it just seemed that way after the openness of the city. I can hardly see. I'm using the torch at low power. There's less chance of our being discovered. We're almost at the secret path. Good. We'll rest when we're off the beaten track. You do not need to leave me. I think I can continue. It's not just you I was thinking of. How are you doing, Doctor? Oh. I, I, I'm perfectly all right. You, you mustn't fuss. Keep your voices down. Oh, sorry, but something's bothering you. <laughs> Mr. Gage is doing remarkably well, wouldn't you say? You did a good job on him. I hardly did a thing. But look at him. Hmm? He's still sore, a little slow. <laughs> Not by very much. And he seems rather pleased with himself. I've a feeling I've missed something. And I've been watching with great care. I said quiet, you two. What's all the whispering for? They were just discussing whether I am a spy. Gage! Not any closer, Captain, or I'll shoot you! But why? What is this? It is an ambush, Captain Pappas. Gage! You're not working with the Santarans. Yeah, he is a Santaran. What? It is true, Captain. I apologize for the deception. This enemy device is typically underhand. You don't approve of captured technology, but make free use of it. I was under orders. How did you know, Doctor? Well, the first hint was when you didn't yawn like everyone else, hmm? There were other clues. That is why you tore the pips from my uniform. You kept checking they were attached. I realized they were either what was holding your disguise in place... ...or transmitting all you said and did. The device was destroyed in the rockfall. Your friends must have thought you were dead. So, how did you know to meet us here? I've kept a very close eye on you. You are wrong about the Nil. This girl is an anomaly. 
The others do not want to resist. They deceived you in the city. They reported our presence to command. They betrayed us. Their lives, their families, they were at stake. We kill a random sample to make sure they do not forget it. You're monsters. Soldiers, human. Better soldiers than you. A Santaran trooper would never allow himself to be captured. At least, let, let the girl go. She's little more than a child. No! I'll never stop fighting these creatures. There is your answer. But we should investigate what makes her different. It will make an interesting report. Take them to the command base. Why don't you just shoot us? You are to be spared until Gage's report has been analyzed, in case we need anything checked. Take them up to the surface. Line up by the machine. Stephen! Sarah! Doctor! I had to tell them! What? What? What did you tell them? What does it matter? Gage knew all our plans. The space camp... Is in full working order! Commander, the human's mission is to... Yes, yes, I know. Stephen Taylor told us. No, wait. There is a message from command. Now, while he's distracted... They'd shoot us before we got to the door, and we'd never free Stephen in time. Command has assessed what Stephen Taylor told us of the Daleks. Stephen! What have you said? I couldn't help it. The machine... You were at war with the Daleks, and you escaped. We beat them, we tricked them. Sarah, don't say any more. You risk everything to come. It is too late, Doctor. We know all you have done. You faced the Daleks, and you ran away. You are deserters. I am ordered to kill you at once. Machine! You were at war with the Daleks, and you escaped. We beat them, we tricked them. Sarah, don't say any more. You risk everything to come. It is too late, Doctor. We know all you have done. You faced the Daleks, and you ran away. You are deserters. I am ordered to kill you at once. Wait, Commander. We need these humans alive. Gage. Your report is on Pepes and her unit, not these cowards. These three are not part of the human military. Exactly. So what are they? 
The cabinet you recovered from the asteroid's surface. It belongs to them. And it is important. See? They try not to show it. That is how you know I am right. C cabinet you say? Uh, what, what cabinet? I don't know anything about what that might be. He lies because of its value. I heard them talk before of how they must recover it. Before that, they said we could all escape in it. Why did Stephen Taylor not mention this cabinet when he was subjected to interrogation? He must have had some method to deceive the machine. Or you didn't ask? Humans lie as easily as they draw breath. If the machine can be tricked, how do we find out the truth? We use what we know. That humans are sentimental about one another. Torture the doctor's friends and he will soon tell you everything. The doctor and the others were put in a small room while the Santarans prepared the instruments of torture. It wasn't a cell, just a storeroom, but the door was securely locked. You must not help the Santarans. She's right. You can't tell them anything. I know, Sarah, and yet... No! You cannot help them even if we die. Child, I wish things were as easy as you see them. I'd rather die than let those creatures into the TARDIS. It's how you journey back. It's on better we don't say. Walls can have ears. Good point. Things I've confided in Gage. Oh, don't feel too bad, my dear. He's been trained to squirrel these things from you. The Santarans might learn a thing or two yet. Such as? Mercy. Compassion. Good humour. Hmm? These things are essential to the human mind. As much as your determination and technological skill, they make you a force to be reckoned with. You think the Santarans would be even more deadly if they told a few jokes? Why not? It would surprise you, and that gives them an advantage. You can make jokes even now. What else can we do? We could work out how to escape. Oh, I already have. Don't look like that. Did you think I wouldn't have a plan? Hmm? They led Stephen and the Doctor back into the main control room where Stephen had been interrogated before. The TARDIS stood in one corner, but they studiously didn't look. The machine they'd used to interrogate Stephen had been modified. Now, above it sat a complex apparatus, all thick pipes and cables. A single metal spike protruded downwards, pointing to the seat where Stephen had been held before. A Santaran functionary checked over the apparatus, then flicked a lever. The energy whipped and twisted from the metal spike down to the empty seat. The Santaran nodded, content that it worked, and flicked back the lever. There was a horrible tang of ozone in the air. You, you'll have to resist them as long as you can. I'm sorry, Stephen. Rather me than anyone else, Doctor. If this should be it... Before he could say more, a Santaran grabbed him under the arms and hauled him onto the table. Thick straps were fixed round his wrist and waist and ankles. When the Santaran turned away, Stephen tested the straps. The hard fabric cut into his flesh. You cannot escape. Gage? Oh, I wouldn't have recognised you in that. Is it some kind of apron? A ceremonial garment. 
It has a psychological effect. You are already afraid. Very clever. Attach the cables. It won't do any good, you know. Uh, hurt him, and I won't tell you anything. We will see. And why isn't Slight here? Isn't he in charge? Yes, but he considers this unsporting. Ah, he's right. What you're doing is unbecoming of a Santaran. But it proves a point about the intelligence I've gathered. There is a greater purpose. You still don't like it, do you? No. I apologize to you, Stephen Taylor, for what I am about to do. <laughs> oh, this is going to hurt you as much as it does me. No. It will hurt you more. Stephen, that's our cue. Tinder, over to you. Tinder? She's already gone. Right. Well, good. I hope she doesn't get stuck. She's lived most of her life underground. If she says she can wriggle through the ducting, then she can. I don't like sending a child. How old were you when you joined the service? Seven. You? The same. But I was at a preparatory school first. You see something of yourself in Tinder? No. I, I see a child with no training, no discipline. She's liable to get herself and the rest of us killed. Oh, you're all heart. And you. You're different. The way you stand, the way you watch. It's all from the service manual. But, but you've been corrupted. Your friends' cries affect you. You let them affect you. As if... You think I've gone rogue? Of course you've gone rogue. But you're a good officer, I can see that. So you must have had a good reason. I can't tell you what happens in the future. You don't have to. For the whole of my life, I've only known the service. Orders, imperative, duty. But I, I watch you with the Doctor and Stephen. And I realize there could be more. My life? path I'm on came at a terrible cost. You regret walking out on the service? No. I'd never go back now. Well then. Quickly! This way. We have to help Stephen and the doctor. You have to focus on the goal. He's buying us time so we can carry out our mission. This way. Please, hurting Stephen won't convince me to help you. Then I will hurt Captain Pappas and the others one by one. And then I will hurt you. Oh! Don't! Don't! Help him, I mean it. You'll kill him? You will all die. The manner of your deaths remains open. But Stephen is vital. I can't let you into the town. The cabinet without him. Is he dead? Did you kill him? Not yet. Explain his role in opening the cabinet. Ah, yeah, uh, yes, there's a, a bifurcated access system, coded to distinct users. If you damage him, you'll never get inside. <laughs> Why have such a system? Oh, we, we are cowards. The lock stops one of us running off without the other.
That is logical. It appears we are at an impasse. We can still talk without you hurting him. You might learn something useful. Explain. How long did you live among the humans, Mr. Gage? Surely you saw that your species and the humans have different ways of seeing things. Hmm? Indeed. Yours is incorrect. Not necessarily. But different all the same. If you could see things differently, if you could understand what drives and motivates humanity, would that not give you an advantage? Hmm? That is what my superiors argued. It is why I was assigned. And they were right. Which is why you'd learn more from us if you talked to Stephen instead of inflicting pain. But I failed to discover material of use. Everything I did, the shame of disguising myself as an inferior creature, and all for nothing. The shame of it. Let us help you. Let us give you the answers your superiors want. I'm sure they'd reward you. <laughs> I do not want reward, only to have performed my duty. But I will do as you say. Ah, good. Then, uh... step away from the humans. But, Commander Slack... You... you killed him. He questioned an order. I was warned his time among your people might corrupt him. Better that he should die. Now, let us continue. There's thousands of them. What are they doing? Nothing. They must be conserving energy. You mean they're asleep? Or their spacesuits are empty. Do you want to take that risk? What are you doing? We use the advantage. Shoot them while we can. You can't kill Santarans with guns. You can if you aim for the hole in the back of their necks. It's not very honorable. Shoot one. And you'll wake the rest. But we have to get past them. That's the space cannon and we're running out of time. We'll use it up if we start a shootout. Focus on the goal. What do you suggest? Tinder, what do you think? We should kill Sontarans if we can. We hurt them more if we destroy the cannon. Then you need them out of this chamber. I can do that for you. Good girl. But be careful. I am always careful. If they kill me, take revenge. But what can she possibly do? Something undisciplined. Oh, third alarm. Oh, attack. Master. I saw the root entrance. Quickly, this way. What's a router? I don't know. Something they don't like. Come on. All right. How do we destroy this thing? Gage was the explosives expert. I thought must be something we can do. And quickly. Look, the view screen. The evacuation ships are coming into view. It's all right. Still way out of range, and there's no one here to operate the cannon. Must be automatic or controlled from the command base. Well, come on then. We have to destroy it before it can fire.
these. Don't tell them anything. You will tell me everything, Doctor. You will open this cabinet and surrender its secrets. You will... What is it? We are under attack. What? By who? The Rutans. Full alert. Energize more troopers. Maximum aggression. Who are the Rutans? You're afraid of them? Of course not. A certain degree of caution is prudential. In fact, make sure there's a guard on the human prisoners. Yes, sir. It's the Rutans you're at war with, not humanity. Huh? Huh? At war with humanity, you are an inferior species. Sir, we are detecting multiple spacecraft, a fleet. What? An invasion force? No, no, look! They're passing through the system. They're not attacking you. Gage must have told you that. Gage did not file his report, but the Rutans attacked at exactly the same moment. It cannot be a coincidence. Trooper, lock automated systems onto those spacecraft. Let the space cannon do its work. There must be an override. Control panels locked. Ships aren't yet in range, but we've got a few minutes. You think? It's locking onto targets, but it won't fire till they get closer. If we can just... It's powering up, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. This isn't fair. If we break the control panel, get into the wiring. Get back. It's going to fire. Hit them from this range. It can't. It's not going to. Look, a shot across their bows. But why? Ah. You are my prisoners. You will step away from the space cannon. We couldn't stop it anyway. But you fired too early. Blown the chance of surprising them. We don't wish to surprise them. Now they know we are here. You want to give them our fighting chance? Of course. Now they can fight back. But those ships aren't armed. Can't fight back. Then it is their own fault if we destroy them. They deserve obliteration. No! Three directions. One ship completely destroyed. The one behind it is compromised. You see, your invasion fleet will not get through. They're not an invasion fleet. Look! I do not understand this new formation. The smaller ships are putting themselves between you and the larger carriers, hmm? But they will be in the way of the larger ships' weapons. Not if the large ships don't have any weapons. Two more ships destroyed. One of the carriers is also... Doesn't feel the same, does it? Hmm? It's too easy when they don't shoot back. I... I do not understand. You want honor? Glory? Look at all the small craft out there, putting themselves in the path of your space cannon. Laying down their lives to save the people in the carriers. What do you make of that, hmm? It is... noble. Human nobility. But why not carry weapons? What sort of tactic is that? A smart one. You can't have a war if one side won't fight back. But you're not at war with humanity, are you? Hmm? You are a minor concern. 
under our feet as we secure new territories in the Greater War. Your war with the... what were they called? The Rutans. Now there is a species who fights with no honor. But look at what you're doing. We're not a worthy adversary. You're not even using skill. It's all automated targeting. Well, don't you feel any shame? I do. But what can be done? Let the human ships pass. What? You'd show mercy, honor, grace. And they, wherever they slink off to, will have to live with the shame. Humans do not understand shame. But you do, don't you? Power down the space cannon. Let the human ships pass. I don't understand. We have orders from the field commander. That is all we need to know. But you're letting them pass. Don't question it. It's good, isn't it? It doesn't make any sense. That probably means that the doctor is behind it. You should be pleased. You succeeded. I know. But it doesn't feel right. An anti-climax. War's over. Isn't that right? My orders are to take you up to the command base to join the other humans. You're letting us go? Of course not. You will be tortured to death. Stephen. Sarah, he's still alive. Just unconscious. You got the Sontarans to show mercy. How? Mercy. I'll make them pay for what they've done. Do you hear me? I like your spirit, human. Put this one in Stephen Taylor's place. Get off me! Off me! You, you, you don't have to do this! We have yet to complete our business. You will open the cabinet, or I will dismember each of your friends. Now, Gage provided us with a map of human physical weaknesses. So many sensitive areas. I'm amazed you can function. What is the cabinet? They mustn't know. I'd rather die. A warrior? Good. We will keep her brain for deception. Increase the power. Enough! Enough! All right! You win! What distinguishes this human? You let me torture the other one. You stop them because she's a woman. I'm old-fashioned that way. Besides, I can't lose them both. And you. I've lost too much. Too much. Then open the cabinet. Don't! I have to! Doctor! No! Doctor! Ah! Stephen! Awake at last! Well, that won't make this any easier. I'm sorry. I am. But you young people are in my charge and I'm responsible for your well-being. So... Oh, you can't let them have the TARDIS! I don't have any choice. The alternative... It's too much. Good. Now let us see what's inside. This technology will change the war. What have you... I'm sorry, Slight. 
I needed you and your colleagues to turn your backs. So I could shoot you. A good strategy. <laughs> Tinder, you saved us. Said I would. Thank you. No, enough of that. We don't have very much time. Help me free Sarah and get her and Stephen safely into the ship. Why the hurry? Other Santarans must have heard the firing. They'll be here any moment. The other Santarans are busy defending themselves. From the Rutans? But they must know that was a trick. Not from the Rutans. My people are fighting back. The Nil were like children. They fought like children. No discipline or tactics, just the urge to hit out, strike back. After all the years of oppression, the thousands of cruelties done to them to keep them in their place. They erupted from the rock like a volcano. They used the tunnels and secret wells they knew as if by instinct. The Sontarans didn't know which way to look, so the Nil got round behind them, and Tinder had told her people to go for the probic vents. It was a nasty fight, dirty and mean. The Nil suffered appalling losses, but they took back their home. Sarah helped them, and Pappas. Together, they rid the asteroid of the last of the Sontarans. And then... Okay, all set. Good. Powering up. We should probably get out of here. Run! Mission accomplished. One space cannon in bits. You could have both been killed. Oh, just a few bumps and bruises. Still look better than Stephen. Oh, I'll survive. Oh, I'm just still a bit surprised to be here. We stopped the Sontarans. We actually won. Thanks to you. Holding out as long as you could. Oh, I'm hardly a hero. You did all the fighting. It takes more than fighting to be a hero. Now, dear, dear, the sooner we're gone from here, the better. But we've taken the asteroid back. You've declared war on the Santarans. Honor requires them to retaliate. They won't show mercy. Hmm? Then we'll fight them. We'll beat them again. Not this time. You'll have to evacuate the asteroid. It's our home. If we hadn't destroyed the space cannon, but we had to. It's what happened in the history I was taught. And what else, Sarah? What happens next here? I can't tell you. Can I, Doctor? No, no certainly not. We, we can't risk upsetting the future. These things hang on such delicate threads. Not even a clue? You're going to stay with them, aren't you? You're going to help the Nil, hmm? I can't get back to my own people. You could come with us. I'm not running away. The Nil need me, whatever happens. Sarah, tell her, tell her what you know. This once, we break the rules. But you said... I say a lot of things. Tell her. 
The service said you all died. But that isn't true. I'm here now. When a team comes here to investigate in a standard year's time, they don't find anyone alive. That's what I know. So, what happens? We die. Or we escape. We're not going to leave the asteroid. C come with us, please. I said, I can't run away. Besides, you don't know what happens to us. None of us do. So, there's still something to fight for. There's hope. We can't leave them. We can't just run away. We're not running away. We have our own battle to fight. Oh, do we? Huh. It's why you won't take Papas with us. We have to face the Daleks. Doctor? Uh, I hoped we might enjoy some more travels together. The there are so many wonders to show you. But how do we find the Daleks again? You can't control the ship. We don't need to. Sooner or later, the Daleks will discover that we tricked them. They'll want to recover the real Teramium core. And to do that, they'll pursue us through all of space and time. That's why you didn't ask Pappas and the Nil to join us. They wouldn't have been any safer. <laughs> I'm sorry, my boy but I can almost feel it. Events are closing in. We can't run away forever. Mm. It may be too late. Look at the instruments. I think we are being followed. Meanwhile, across space and time, all is prepared. The Terranium core has been fitted. Now we shall test the time destructor. Continue! The Daleks will have power over all space and time! I'm David Richardson, I'm the producer of The Early Adventures, and I'm here with Peter Purvis, who plays Stephen Taylor, the Doctor, and narrates, John Banks, who plays Corporal Gage and the Nil, and Dan Starkey, who plays Corporal Ellis, Slight, Stack, and other Sontarans, it says here, Dan, and Ken Bedley, all he does is direct. 
One job. How did you get away so lightly, Ken? One job, and he can't even get that right. <laughs> okay, everybody? Yep. yep. Scan shows multiple sources converging on this site. You led them to us. We didn't do anything. Who are they? Who are you fighting? You don't know. Doctor, it's the Santarans. Very nice, everybody. Thank you. So, Peter. Yeah, I do. Back again, doing more Big Finish. How do we tempt you back? I just, I just love doing them. and Particularly uh, another script by Simon Garrier, who seems to like writing for my character. And uh, it's just, it's a great script. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. And there's so much variety in it. It's quite difficult. I mean, you get, you get, they get harder. You don't make them easier. And uh, sort of having conversations between Stephen and the Doctor on a regular basis can be a little bit wearing at times, and you're not sure which voice you should be using. You see, you do it so well. That's <laughs> yeah. the problem. Yeah, and narrating as well. I mean, and narrating, which also which is another voice. But one gets used to it, and it's it, you get into the swing of these. I mean, we we do them. Fairly quickly, we do them like a, like a, a radio play, as, as you know, and it's, it's in a, a wonderfully controlled situation. And you can, obviously, if you make mistakes, you can do them again, but it's amazing how few real mistakes there are. There are a few pickups here and there. Oh. I just get a lot of pleasure from the whole thing. We're not out of this yet, Captain. Look, look! The Santaran stood shoulder to shoulder, encircling them, guns raised and ready to shoot. But their line was broken to allow another Santaran through into the ring. Starlight glinted on the Santaran's space helmet. He didn't carry a gun. That's the one. Spot on, thank you. It's nice telling stories that are totally original. And they are original stories. They're not borrowed from anywhere. They're, they're clever ideas. And there are several people who I've done scripts for, as, as well as Simon with uh, Matt. And it's just, it's just great. I love it. You have to understand. We'd send a whole space fleet and it wouldn't stand a chance. The more the resistance, the more the Santarans would come. And in the end, we just learnt to run. Hmm. They're conditioned for war. Perhaps they don't feel pain. I love the fact that we kind of take things that came into Doctor Who later, like the Santarans, and then retroactively put them into your era. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, it's nice to know. I mean, I, I discussed with uh, with Simon, for example, on this one, where it actually fitted. I, I gave him a call just to say, where, where does this place? And, of course, it's between episodes seven and eight of the Dalek Master Plan. And there are, there are lots of little gaps like this where a story like this could have been told. You know, if the Dalek Master Plan had been spread over 38 weeks, all these things might have ended up as being visual series and probably lost like all the others, which, <laughs> which would be very sad. But it's... They are original and they fit, and there are references to things which the audience generally will know about because most of the people I suspect that listen to to a lot of the big Finnish productions have listened to virtually everything else that's come out. They are they are mm. the serious fans, and we know there are many many thousands of them. Surprisingly, now all over the world. Mm. Mm. That's downloads for you. That's downloads for you. It's the Rutans you're at war with, not humanity. <laughs> At war with humanity, you are an inferior species. Sir, we are detecting multiple spacecraft, a fleet. What? An invasion force? 
damn. When you get a script like this and you see the cast list and there's all those characters to play, do you think you're having a laugh? Oh, right, now I think, ah, another Horde of Sun Tyrants, I better get the cough medicine. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, it's great fun. It's, uh, I mean, obviously, there's, there's, uh, there's uh, I think Slight is the main nemesis. That thing. And he's, they, they get to be thoroughly unpleasant in this one. It's great how, uh, how much torture the Sontarans get to. Uh, yeah, they, it's real sort of. Proper... It's all inflicted on me. That's yes. Annoying. Yes, which is delightful. A little bit on Sarah Gaynor as well. But, uh, you know, they yes. beat the hell out of me here in the booth. It's not yes. nice. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Taylor. You are part of a military expedition to sabotage our space cannon. I'm a pilot! A civilian! Then why are you here on this asteroid? We came here by mistake! The analysis shows that you are telling the truth. But we must allow a margin of error when dealing with inferior species. I do love watching you when you're doing your Sontaran so because <laughs> when you get into the physicality of it and there's rage on your face, it's like somebody's stolen your parking space yes. or something. I mean, <laughs> you, you've really got the anger in there. Yeah, no, well, I think, I think you have to. I and mean, also, when I'm, when I'm doing it on television as well, you've got to act through the rubber of the mask. So it's probably all the stuff that I'm doing on my face that you can't see necessarily on screen. Right. But, um, but yeah, no, it, 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 all, it all has to sort of come from a... All has to come from us like a real place. Did you always love Sontorans on telly? Oh, they were, oh, they were certainly one of my yeah one of my one of the, one of the good monsters I remember because I remember sort of seeing I saw a clip of one of them first, but it was, wasn't until yeah I was I was a bit more of a fan. But when yeah I was a little bit older when the Time Warrior came out on video, which is the first time I saw them. No, actually I must have seen the two Doctors before then. Yeah, that was my first exposure to them, and uh, that's 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 quite an extraordinary episode just with sheer levels of gratuitous violence. In it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which which they wouldn't get away with now in a million years, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, no, they're great. But it must be fun, sort of recapturing that Kevin Lindsay style. Yes, and he's definitely the sort, the uh, the locus classicus that I always emulate with them, um, with the Sontaran voices. So you can hear there's a very slight Australian tinge to um, <laughs> to, to the voice. But yeah, that that kind of hoarseness and the sort of the crabbiness of uh, of links. You know, in in, the, in this script they've got to, they've got to have a bit of an old chuckle at things, but it doesn't come naturally to them. <laughs> so badly adjusted as as people. We have to surrender. It's our only chance. They don't know the meaning of the word. Then we'll have to teach them. Obviously, sort of like uh, the third Doctor is aware of Sontaran, so we presume that he might have met them at some point before. It's quite nice having that bit of the continuity filled in, that sort of like Stephen knows more about the Sontarans than the Doctor does. That's that's quite fun. Yeah, and of course you've worked with Peter and Jean before on The Five Companions. Yes, on The Five Companions. We're going to spend a horde of Sontarans in that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you did, didn't you? Yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. It's it's all right, no. (laughs) And let's go to John, because you you do human and Sontaran in this, don't you? (laughs) Uh, Yes, uh, well, hopefully I do. Hopefully there's a bit of distinction between the two. But uh, I'm, you know, very much following along in the wake of uh, the definitive Sontaran... (laughs) I thank you. ...over there, and, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just trying not to let the side down, I have to say. Gage! You're not working with the Sontarans. Yeah, he is a Sontaran. What? It is true, Captain. I apologise for the deception. This enemy device is typically underhand. 
The very first uh, Sontaran story I ever did was Heroes of Sontar, and uh, I played several characters in that. And actually, that wasn't with Dan, so we were all adrift mm. and uh, making it up as we went along. In fact, literally making it up, because we made up a, a Sontaran marching anthem, I seem to remember. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah, my, my first introduction to playing Sontarans was as a group of vaguely comedic characters, if you remember who were very loosely based on the uh, squad of Dad's army soldiers. So it was quite different to this. This is a very much darker tale, and uh, as Dan was saying, you know, it's great fun to, uh, to be very mean and to be torturing other people. It's, uh, it's, it's a rare occurrence. Comedic Sontarans making up songs. It's, it's, a, bit more, it's a bit like a sort of Sontaran sitcom. It's more of a, an It Ain't Half Hot Mum. It's Sontarans. Yeah, we moved on quite a bit from then. I don't know whether the, how that fits into the uh, general scheme of things. We won't tell a soul that we saw you. I can't risk it. Millions of lives are at stake. Why? If you told us, we might be able to help. <laughs> and if we can't, then kill us. Doctor! Do you, before coming in to do something like this, do you sort of take a refresher course on YouTube and... Do you know what? I, I, no, I don't, because I knew that I was going to be working with Dan, and, uh, and that's all you know. There's, there's no point in me going off at a tangent, because we've now done, I think this is our third yes. outing as Sontarans together. Yeah. And, you know, I'm quite happy to acknowledge, uh, more than acknowledge, I mean, absolutely sort of praise to the skies, the fact that Dan is being absolutely brilliant in this. And as I say, you know, I am, I'm more than... Uh, content and relieved that he's here and that I can actually try and follow on and, uh, you know, do something that, that is supportive of what he is defining. I don't think in this situation it's for me to go off and come up with something that isn't complementary to what Dan is already doing. So, no, it, I, I'm not tempted. I certainly was before I did a Sontaran originally. I did a lot of research. There's a kind of sense memory of where we've been previously with the Sontarans, even though there is differentiation between the uh, the cloned creatures. But no, as I say, I, I, I'm very much uh, sort of looking to Dan to lead the way, and uh, he's done it brilliantly again. Like a good commanding officer should. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed, Commander. And I was being absolutely genuine at lunchtime when we sat down to eat, and I couldn't believe there were only five actors in the building but of course we've got about 20 <laughs> where are they characters <laughs> so really thousands so peter you should have had three lunches yes so yes dan you should have had a yes. platoon's lunch yes absolutely <laughs> and ken we're back to you a good rollicking war movie for you i suppose it is isn't it yeah <laughs> so what, what what are your plans for this one how do how do you envisage it um there's the big tunnel drop sequence which is um that that's going to be a new experience and quite fun i don't think i've done one of those before so that that will be a lovely acoustic quality to that but then there, there's the unusually it's i suppose it's the, the nature of doing one of these stories where where they're they're narrated what we tend to do is we we narrate the bigger set pieces and so there, there's this whole sort of space battle going on with this enormous space cannon and these enormous cruises going over and all these little ships getting in the way and we sort of refer to that but we don't really we're not front and center within the action of that going on as we normally would be with a doctor who story so there's all of that to that i'm i'm sort of thinking ahead to a high density object in free fall all the way from the surface acceleration due to gravity of something like 10 meters per second squared increasing speed all those kilometers down coming down the vent like a bullet 
a Santaran in armour, who had jumped down the hole, hit the sea of lava, and was gone. Well done, everybody. I was so hoping that said, a Santaran in flannel pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> what we get in the script, whilst we get all the words and the, the characters and what they say, there are additional things which you have to create out of pure words. And I'm just looking at one here, the, the, way on through it, round about, well, towards the end, you've got, a, it just says, effect. <laughs> Big set with huge space cannon in the middle of it, like the space jockey room in Alien. Now, come on, yeah. <laughs> how are you creating that in sound? Yeah. Because there ain't any other, we don't say that. No. That's not in the story, we don't tell it. So somehow you have to create that impression. I think that's desperately difficult and wonderfully skilled. And easy for Simon Guerrier to write. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy for him to say. <laughs> and whoever's doing sound design will do a magnificent job. Exactly, exactly. Sooner or later, the Daleks will discover that we tricked them. They'll want to recover the real Terramium core. And to do that, they'll pursue us through all of space and time. That's why you didn't ask Pappas and the Nil to join us. They wouldn't have been any safer. <laughs> I'm sorry, my boy, but I can almost feel it. Events are closing in. Now, I'm aware that uh, Dan, being an international traveller, oh. has to fly off to... Where, where are you going, Dan? I'm going to Australia tomorrow, going to Melbourne, <laughs> and uh, then I'm going to Auckland and then Toronto uh, on various different uh, Doctor Who and science fiction related events. <laughs> Lucky you. Yes. We're all coming to Ladbroke Grove, but we'll have a lovely day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody, and see you tomorrow. Thank you. Nice. Yes.